0: This is John Byrne, the lead pastor here at Grace Fellowship, and this is the Grace Deep Dive podcast, recorded deep in the depths of the Grace Fellowship basement here in Lakewood, Colorado. We dive a little deeper into Sunday sermon.
1: I'm Johnny McCloskey, and I'll be your host on the Grace Deep Dive podcast. We're back. No, I think it's,
0: we're back. <laughs> Whoa. Remember, remember that guy from uh, I think so. Independence Day? The guy, know, been the guy, it's Says he was abducted by aliens, then he's flying the jet into the spaceship to blow it up. I vaguely remember. Yeah. That, I
1: remember that that image for some reason. Yeah. And but he, I don't and he, remember and that. He says right.
0: we're back. <laughs> well, there occurs. we go.
1: Well, well, we're back, and I guess you're in in the year 2020. You're uh, quoting quoting movies from like from a long time ago,
0: three or something. I don't know. That it, I have no it idea. It could be even longer ago. It could have been. My
1: wife was saying she was telling me that. Um, <laughs> You know, if we go back 30 years, that was 1990. And I was like, <laughs> wow, that seems so close. I know, right? But then if you go the other way, if you add 30 years, it's
0: 2050. And I'm like, oh, no, that's so I far. Know. And I'm going to be so old. You, you are. You, you're kind of old now, Johnny, to be honest with you. I mean, as a matter of fact, I saw you. I'm pretty sure. I think I saw you walking into the building today with a walker. Not a walker. Not a walker. But you know what, John? The glow all, of being a grandparent. All joke, yes. So <laughs>
1: that happened. Yes, so I think happened. it was on the 8th of January. Uh, I have officially become a
0: grandfather. The, so this is not true. I don't think you know the date that you officially became a grandparent. January 8th, right? No. That was yesterday. You were a grandparent before yesterday. Oh, yes. Because you're it, it, you were. You're, you're, when the your child grandchild was, was unborn. conceived, yes. Yes, when yes. The, the child was conceived. And mm-hmm. I kind of hope you don't know that date. Yes, I don't know that date. Yeah. Okay, I okay. don't want to know that date. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As a father <laughs> you of, the don't br- know. Of,
1: the, of the of my daughter. I don't want to know that date. You don't want to know when never conception's happens. taking place. Yeah, right? that never happens. So, you know, it, somehow it's it is a ma- the the uh it's a miracle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You I actually should. actually just kinda of a little uh soapboxing. I, I think we need to stop the the whole "I'm a grandparent when the baby's born" thing, sure, and start talking, it because if we're pro-life, if we really think that, oh yeah, it's a human sure. child, and I know you think this. I'm, I'm just saying, this is something that's more than technicality. Yeah, I see what more than technicality, but not more than technicality, but more like a how we change our language to change the culture kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know, like we, I'm a grandparent when. You know, you whenever conception out. takes place. Yeah. And, and and that's I'm a grandparent at that point. No, that
1: makes sense. But you know, you, you talked about how you know I'm even getting old. You are getting you old. You know what's happening
0: today, John? Oh my gosh. Is it is it your is it your sixtieth yet? No. Birthday? You know what, John? Oh. I'm only forty four. Oh, you're, you're only I'm 44? younger than you are. But the <laughs> here's what's happening. But I don't have a grandchild, I'm just
1: saying. I'm going to Costco today <laughs> and I'm picking up my transitional or bifocal style. Are you serious? Lenses, yeah. So I can't, it's not 2020 for you. It's not. It's, it hasn't <laughs> been 2020 in a long time for me. But my eyesight hasn't been bad, but it's been getting worse more rapidly over the last couple years, and so I can't see very well up close, so okay. I need the bifocal, wow. I need the transitional. I cannot believe you're saying this right so now. So I don't know what I'm going to do, John. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. 44 is
0: not old. It, it is in Johnny's world for whatever reason, but for most people, it's not old. It's old, yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel
0: old. You feel old? Yes. Well, anyways, we're back. We, we are, are back.
1: enduring... John, we are enduring. We're pushing through, even though our bodies fail us, uh-huh. and uh, that's the title of the message this enduring morning. Enduring faith. Yeah. You see what I just did there? I did. That's pretty I impressive. See. And and you're uh, you're a little <laughs> too proud of yourself. I'm but... very proud of that transition. <laughs> and uh, you're in the sermon series, John. What is it? Unlocking the secrets of I don't remember what it
0: was. Of the Christian faith. Of the Christian okay, faith. Christian, Unlocking that, the secrets of the shoot. Christian faith. See, now you don't even know. I know. Now, now you, yeah, you got me thinking. That I could I could have that wrong, but I'm going to our website to double double check. What it okay, is. okay, why are you doing that? Yeah, unlocking the secrets of the something. So yeah, we're unlocking secrets. We're unlocking secrets of the Christian faith, and that's of, why of we. That's walk. why
1: it's a little vague because we don't we don't want to. It's kind of secretive. secretive. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to
0: give the whole thing away. Right. All at once. It's like it's like Grandma's secret recipe. But yeah, yeah, we are giving it away on Sundays. We will, yeah, we, and we actually did give it away last week. But uh, and then
1: if you notice, we're we're back, hopefully in full swing. We took a couple weeks off. We Christian told you life. about that. Christian Cr- life. Oh, the Christian life. Okay, secrets of Christian life. Um, kind of back in, in full swing again.
0: We are. Well, we are back in full swing, and it's hard, you know, because we. We do things a little different, you know, we've got the holidays and every, and that changes everything up for everybody, you know, family and travel and all that kind of stuff. And here, at Grace, we try to let the staff kind of get a little bit of a break, although you, you had to preach, so I don't know if it was a break for you, but, um, you know, between Christmas and New Year. And so kind of the co- offices are quiet. And then now, but now we're, we're starting last week, we were kind of back. We're back and we're going. Well, you know, uh, we
1: kind of were talking about at the beginning having kids and stuff and grandchildren yeah. that are coming up here and are here. And uh, you you mentioned in your sermon just the importance of um, teaching our, our kids to see the world with an eternal perspective yeah. and how important that is. And I agree with that 100%. Um, but sometimes you'll see in our culture or in the Christian culture, you'll see. Parents, or not maybe not even the Christian culture, but parents are who see that the world is a dangerous, bad place, and it's mm-hmm. awful, and there's no morality. Yeah, and so we'll t- we'll kind of hide the world from our kids. Yeah. Um. What is the difference
0: between doing that and teaching our kids to have an a, a worldview? Yeah, internal worldview. Well, I mean, I think they're both important, right? We need to we do need to hide some things from our kids for for time at least, and or. Or sometimes I like to think about like this. Some people have a real hard time with this concept, but I I really believe this is very, very important that we inoculate our kids from certain things. And and what that means is that we allow them to be exposed to certain kinds of things, but on a limited and controlled basis so that they understand, um, you know, the world we live in and and are exposed in an appropriate way so that they are not overtaken or consumed or or led astray by things once they actually face them right and so and so and i think that can play into an, an internal perspective they are different things like there's a difference between filtering and seeing an internal in, uh, the world in it with an internal perspective but but they they aren't unconnected let's put it that way so there is a connection between those two and so i think when it comes to our kids and when they're, when they're real young we do this different than when as they get older um But, you know, we don't, you know, Jesus said, you know, I don't lay my treasure up here on earth, but I I lay it treasured up in heaven. And so that's, that's a one way of Jesus talking, talking about an eternal perspective, seeing that, that, that our life goes beyond this world and the eternal world is where we put our treasures. And so we can see, we can look at the world. And I think one way we can, we can, that filtering and seeing the world with an eternal perspective are connected is we filter because there are sinful and harmful and evil things in this world. And so we try to protect our, our kids from those things, but they also need to recognize the brokenness of the world and God's redemptive plan and the gospel. Be, and, and that leads us to a hope and an eternity future. And so we can see this broken world we live in and recognize that it's not always going to be this way. But the but we live now, we ought to live now in light of what our hope and eternity is. Mm-hmm. And so we live for hope and eternity. And that changes how we live from day to day. And it changes how we view the things that uh, in the world In in the world, and it it should change how our kids view the the things in this world. It's important for us to understand the value of a temporal thing and a short-term thing versus an eternal thing.
1: Well, I think that's the 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 reality. Is it's good to point out this is this is something this particular sin or temptation is something that is very tempting obviously mm-hmm. uh, a lot of culture does struggle with this mm-hmm. and and you might struggle with it as well but here's what it is but here's what it is you yeah, know it's broken it, yeah it's broken this is a broken it, thing it won't work for you it, and, and we need to be constantly focusing on what will work for us which is you eternal stuff.
0: Right. And and that's, mm. and, and sometimes we pay a price for that. And as a matter of fact, I would say often, and I think it's going to become more and more that we will consistently pay a price in culture for holding to biblical values and biblical truths, recognizing the brokenness in the world. And when we call that brokenness out, that's what hers, we bring people's it feelings. into the light. Yeah. Then people get mad. and They go, Oh, you Christians, you're whatever you're, you're, um, Intolerant or hateful or, or judgmental or superior. judgmental or whatever it is. Yeah, self righteous. Yeah, self righteous. I mean, all kinds of things, right? And and then of course, you know, when Christians fall into those temptations, then they call us hypocritical and, and, and sure. things like that. Um, when in reality, we go, no, it's wrong when we do it too. Yeah, um, and that's part of recognizing the brokenness. And so, uh, you know, but that's why we need the gospel. That's why we need Jesus. It's not that we're better or that we've you know, that we're living some kind of morally um, superior superior, superior life. Although hopefully we will, to some degree, we we ought to strive to live a morally good life. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But but when Mm. we fall, we go, no, that's why I need Jesus. That's why I need the blood of Jesus. Well,
1: that's the the funny thing is like when people, you know, see us um, kind of proclaim these truths and stuff and, and, and whatnot, the, the flip side is true too. We have that same whatever you say, condemning or whatever you're doing it wrong mentality. Mm-hmm. We have that with ourselves every day. Absolutely. And we're constantly evaluating ourselves, and we're yep. hearing we're hearing that thing, and we're trying. We don't want to be defensive. We we appreciate what God is doing in our lives, and we submit to Him. But we have that submission. Yeah. Um, I that mean, they don't quite have.
0: Yeah, and there's a reason it's called living the Christian life because there ought to be a difference between the Christian life and a non-Christian life. Mm-hmm. There ought, ought to be a visible difference. Like we ought to live differently. Yeah. We ought to resist. T- temptation to fight the brokenness, to fight for God's justice and mercy in this world. And and those are important things. And that's part of living the Christian life. We'll talk about some of those things in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's not an
1: easy thing and and we will fail. Um,
0: Living our best life now, John, Ah.
1: it uh, it sounds like you're saying that our best life is internal life, is is eternal focus, you know, and... We shouldn't have the mentality of this live our best life now type thing. How do we balance that? Because we are living in a temporal world where we have to make choices that are temporal. Yeah. Um, Is there a good way to balance that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I wouldn't talk about it as balance, And of course, that is kind of a reference to a book title, although... I, that's not why I brought up a book okay. title that I have not read by the way. And I'm not necessarily attacking um, anything. Even yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not addressing the message in the book because there is a sense in, in, there could be a context in which you use that phrase that it would be okay. In other words, if we said it more like if we let's live the best life we can in this moment, then that's good. We should live the best life we're able to in and this. That's moment. not what he's saying, yeah. And that, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know book? what he's saying. To yeah. be honest with you, like I, like I said, I haven't read, I haven't read the book. It's a Joel Olstein book, and a um, lot of lots of people have criticized him, and 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 I've seen some things that I think, in, at least in some of those areas, he deserves that criticism. But, but he, that's but not he what, does some good stuff, I'm sure too. He probably does, um, but I, I, I don't. I have serious theological questions about things with him, but but I was not referencing his book to criticize it. I was referencing the phrase because we kind of have this idea that, that we live for now, you know, the YOLO, you only live once thing. And, um, and, and so, so you might as well live it up. You might as well, you know, eat, drink and be merry and um, embrace who you are. Of course, who you are is the, according to the world is determined by whatever, um, Emotions you have or tendencies you have and just embrace it and don't fight it and and all that kind of stuff And and yet when when we come along and we go we talk about living our best life um, I hope we're looking at eternity, future where we'll be fully redeemed, and that will come to fruition. And it's not in this this current life in this fallen world, in our fallen bodies, in our fallen uh, minds, that we live our best life. It's when those things are restored, when we receive, a, when we receive a new body, a glorified body, when our mind is is, is cleansed and restored to the way God intended it to be. And we don't have those sinful proclivities and, uh, and tendencies and temptations that we're going to fall to. And we don't, we don't experience that. And that's when we live our, our best life. when we're in the presence of the one who created all things. And, and that's what we look for. So that's our best life. That's what Mm -hmm. we look forward to, but it does impact how we live now. So we can say in light of eternity future and the hope that I have for that, I live the best life I'm able to in the context I'm in, which is a fallen world. And that's the Christian life is to do that. Powered by God, mm-hmm. right? And, and as we talked about that and power, powered by, you know, his divine power, as it says in the text that we looked at in Second Peter. Well, it sounds like what you're saying,
1: too, is while we live the, on this earth, our best life is living with all we can to glorify God within this sinful body that's not quite yet glorified percent
0: oh, yeah yeah and 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 that means it does diminish the importance of some things in this world and I think that's good we ought to talk to our kids about that mm-hmm. you know like hey you know your kid brings brings home a, a bad grade from school or they make a bad decision you know maybe you have a teenager and they and they make a mistake let's let's say it's a really significant mm. oh, no, mistake John, you know they that's not good they impregnate somebody or get pregnant okay. depending on their their sex. You got worse. serious on me yeah, there. Yeah. I did get yeah, serious. Wow. on. I was serious. My so, jokes are going away now. Yeah. Um, you know, say that happens. That is not the end of the world. There is an eternity future and we live in hope. We live in hope mm-hmm. for that. So we got to look at the failures in this life as well as the successes and realize they all pale in comparison and in, 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 in you know, to 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 the eternal hope that we have. That's living with an eternal perspective. That's God. helping our kids understand that. Well, you're talking about this
1: eternal perspective, and and potentially how. I mean, we need to figure out. We know how to get there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Second Peter, there, chapter one, verse seven, mentions calling an election. Um, you you kind of avoided this uh, because it's not in, a, in the sermon. I kinda yeah, of it's did, not yeah. an election um, sermon. It wasn't about election, right? Destination, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. but since we're here. You want to chime in on it a little bit?
0: Yeah. I, sometimes I think, and the, and I think I said this in the sermon, I'm not, I can't remember which service I put up I, I, or if I said it in both sermons, but, um, because you do, you vary in your sermon sometimes. Yeah, a I do. Bit. Yeah. They're, they're not, a, I don't, they're not word for word okay. or, and sometimes I'll even add or subtract things between services, but, um, all the main points are in both, but, uh, but yeah, the, it. These words that we have within Christian circles, theological circles, um, you know, we hear election, calling, uh, predestination, those kinds of words, they're in the text. We see those in the text. Um, And there are a variety of ways to understand those things. And, And, you know, people talk about Calvinism or Reformed theology and Arminianism. And they they kind of they're at odds a little bit about how we understand these things, and sometimes I think when we see those words we can get we can get sidetracked. I don't think Peter's main point was to give us a dissertation on predestination or election. Um, I don't think that's what he was trying to drive home in that moment. But that doesn't mean he's wrong or it's unimportant or anything like that. It just means it just means that sometimes we can miss the main point when we get distracted by those things. And so that's why I didn't want to really dive into it. In, in the sermon on Sunday because I cause I, wanted to, I wanted to dive into something that I think is, is far more important. I, I am on the Reformed or Calvinistic side of things. And so I, I think that when words like election and predestination are used, they have a specific kind of meaning, whereas my uh, Arminian brothers and sisters in Christ would come to that word in a very different way and understand it in a different way, but they're still brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, so that, that needs to be clear. We're still part, all part of the body of Christ. So it's an internal debate. We all still believe in that, you know, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is essential uh, for the Christian faith. Um, But, but people get caught up in those things. And so I think when when we begin to understand those things and look into those things i like to i do my best to allow scripture to speak to me rather than doing something what's what's called eisegesis and that's reading my own um, tendencies or presuppositions into the text that might not actually be there And so, so I think, but I think what, what scripture is talking about in those moments is that God calls some to be saved and that there's, there is a calling and an election and a, and a predestination. And he extends his grace in a unique way to those people who he wants to bring uh, to salvation. That doesn't mean that he actively in an in an active way, sends other people to hell or something like that. No, there's people who believe that. I don't believe that. Um, I don't think Scripture teaches that, and so when we see those words, I think I think that's a God calling, calling um, in a, in extending His grace in a very unique way that removes the blinders in our in our life. And when we see the goodness of the gospel, and we see the goodness of God, that that we choose there's a, there's a choice there that we choose God, not because it's forced upon us, but because it's it becomes when that when those blinders have been removed by God's grace. That it becomes the obvious choice, mm-hmm. and we all choose it. Um, but we all choose what we want. It's it's just a matter of, you know, whether those whether God has uh, extended an, a certain kind of grace to you specifically or not. Some people have a hard time with that theology. That's okay. There's not not every Christian believes in that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I know it gets kind of controversial because some on the Calvinistic side get really kind of almost legalistic about it. Like, you have to believe this and, and get real mad at people who don't. And I, I'm not You're kind there. of in the middle. It seems like you're kind of... Not in the middle, but... No, I'm not in the mm. middle when it comes to what I believe. Yeah. But, but between those two positions... But I want to let grace rule. Okay. I want to have unity in the body of Christ, and I don't. I think this is a peripheral issue. It's not a core issue. It's not a... Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Um, there's another issue, you know... I
1: think you kind of mentioned briefly too, was the idea of losing our salvation um, mm-hmm. Is that something that we can do? Mm-hmm. Um, is there, you know, how does that work? Or with with apostasy, people who yeah. have maybe started out well, or whatever, or oh. in the appearance of, of being well, or, or uh, a passionate follower of Christ, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. totally turn
0: away? Right. Yeah. When we all we've all probably experienced that, where we've seen somebody that has professed a, a faith in Jesus Christ, and, and then at some point in their life, kind of turns on that faith, turns away from God. Like you know, you use the word apostasy, and that's kind of what that means. Um, yeah, I think, and there's, again, there's different beliefs about this. I think, uh, I think the most clear, I think this is a little bit clearer than the previous thing, to be honest with you. I, I think that once you receive the gift of salvation, that you, you're saved. Okay. However, that doesn't mean that your actions don't matter. And there is a sense in which, and people have said this, that, you know, some people fall away or they, they appear to profess a faith in Jesus Christ. And then later they fall away or they, or they, you know, they, they, they turn away from God and then, and then they they pass, they say they pass away, and they've never come back, so to speak. Um, I think there's a legitimate question to be asked about whether their initial profession of faith was sincere and legitimate. Mm-hmm. That's, the, I think, that's the big issue. Yeah, yeah. And and the, and the answer to that, I think, is difficult for us to know. I don't want to judge another person's salvation. I believe that God is the judge, not me. Mm-hmm. And so, but if if I were to make an assessment. And and, and kind of make there's a difference between I'm judging their salvation and making a, a judgment about what I think is, was likely. Um, you know, I, first I pray that everybody's saved, right? That's my that's my desire, and that's God's desire too. He talks about in First Peter. But um, you know, he uh, so so I think we can make an assessment and go, well, I am not sure that person was ever saved, and I think that's a you you can make that assessment and go, it's not up to me, but that's from where I sit that that's a likely. Um, explanation of, of why they never really came back to God. Um, so then you go, well, how can I be sure? For how can I be sure I'm saved? And I think that's this is really important because some people I think err on the side of of, of saying and they they'll, they'll they'll say, well, if you said a prayer at one point in time, then you're saved. End of story. I don't think that's accurate. I think there's a sense of working out our salvation. In other words, we we said a prayer, sure, that might that hopefully should be the beginning of a relationship. But really, if you think about the context, and we're gonna be in this same passage in Second Peter 1 our, for the whole series. Um specifically in like 5, 6, and 7, verses 5, 6, and 7. But you could jump down to, I think it's verse 10 or 11. I'm not looking at it right now. So I think it's, I think it's verse 10 where, where it says that, you know, Peter's basically saying, look, I want you to, to take your faith and then add all these things to it, supplement your faith with all these things. That's what we're going to be talking about over the next week or the, over the coming weeks, so that you'll be effective in your faith. And I think in other places we see things like working out your salvation um, and, and, and things like that. And so I think there's a sense in which our assurance should come from – from that, that we have received eternal life by bearing fruit in our life, seeing fruit. But yeah, by seeing fruit. In mm-hmm. other words, our faith should be furnished by these other things. And when we see that, then our faith is effectual, and and, it, and and we can be confident that God is bearing fruit in our life because we are His children. We've been brought into the family. Mm-hmm. We're saved. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so there's a sense of assurance that I think comes from not from I said a prayer once, but from I'm living the Christian life. Mm-hmm and and god is bearing fruit in my life well yeah it's like it's like you know it's like you know becoming an apple tree
1: or something where like oh you're an apple tree now great i want to be an apple tree and then don't Don't produce apples don't relax until you start seeing apples yeah you know if you don't see apples and that's the thing i I think the question is you'll see people go well you know what if you know i don't see fruit in my life and or whatever it's like well that's a good you're asking a good question you are and then, but other people may not be asking that question. You know, the yeah. fact that you're asking that question is a good thing. It is. That you care that there's no fruit or that there's not enough fruit or you need more fruit in your life. Yeah. And that's where you start to prune and, you know, ask God to prune and, and get rid of some stuff in right. your life or you get, get rid of those things in your life. Yeah. So you can start to see the fruit, like you said, working out the salvation. Right. And it's not like, it's not a workspace salvation.
0: Exactly. But it you want to make sure. working for your salvation. It is working out your
1: salvation. And you want to try to bear as much fruit as possible. You want God to be able to flow through you as much Yeah. As Possible.
0: Yeah. And, and that work never stops. It never stops. So you, you, working, working out your faith, isn't something that you do for a couple months and then you kind of arrived. Okay. It, it's the rest of your life, even your eternal life you know, you're working out your faith. And so you are, you know, it's funny because the word eternal security is used a lot. I, I think that's a bad phrase to use because it's because along with that word often comes this phrase, once saved, always saved. And I think that's a I don't think those are healthy ways to look at it. Um and I, I think a perseverance uh, of your faith is a better way to to say it or, you know a perseverance of the saints is how a lot of like reformed people will talk about it there's a perseverance your faith perseveres it's not perfect mm-hmm. but your faith is persevering through all situations the rest of your life and your eternal life of course eternal life ideally that's that's easier and different doesn't mean there's not work involved but it's pleasant work it's good work it's joyful work hmm. well John we as we're going to kind of wrap up in a second but we have two more questions
1: and yeah. basically it has to do with a lot of you, you know, not to get away, but your main point. Yeah. Um, faith and, and obedience. Yeah. And uh, well, first I want to address faith. Um, you mentioned that God asked us to trust him. Yeah. And he gives us good reasons yeah. to jump essentially. I mean, I think I'm adding some, some words here, yeah. but it, it's not just complete blind faith in yeah. a lot of ways, but are there sometimes where it's a little more blind or it's a little bit more, I mean, maybe he gets us to that point, but he'll sometimes say jump.
0: You're like ah, I don't see anything here. Sure, but it's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like going bungee jumping or something like that. Or let's let's use a different analogy. Let's talk about jumping out of an airplane with a parachute. I'm gonna go parachute. Okay. First, I'm gonna go skydiving. First time ever, right? Okay. Well, you're with people who have done this maybe thousands of times, right? They've you you've you've gone through the training. They they know the background. They know the the you know how all things work. Maybe they even understand the physics of everything. They know it's safe. But you for whatever reason are blinded to all of that, all of the, you know experience and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands and maybe millions of of previous jumps that have all ended very safely. You know of the one that didn't work. Yeah. That's what you right? focus on. Yeah. And then, and you're and you're focused on that and you're going and and you're scared to jump or maybe you're scared you're just scared of heights or whatever whatever the whatever the issue is but you, so you're in that moment it feels like a leap it and it is a leap of faith because you you can't see the results for whatever reason and it's cuz you're blinded to it. Like you just can't see the results. And I think God does ask us to jump without knowing the results sometimes. Hmm. But when we look at how so many people, you know, and and we go back to the Hebrews chapter eleven, where the author of Hebrews, you know, talks about, uh, you know, being ha- faith is 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 hope, and and I forget how he phrases it, uh, hope and what you can't see or or whatever, and and it's not that it's 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 not reliable, you just can't see it. So God does ask us sometimes to go, to go look. I have been faithful with. And, and the Hebrew, author in Hebrews lists all these people, Abraham, mm-hmm. and I've been faithful with Sarah, and I've been faithful with Isaac, and I've been faithful with Jacob, and I've been faithful, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? Lists all these people, I've been faithful, I've been faithful, I've been faithful. And so we have the evidence, but when we, when, when, when God asks us to do something, and and individually, individually right? even though we have all the evidence, we don't see the result of our specific thing. And let's be honest, sometimes the results aren't what we want them to be. You know, in mm, other words, that's in good following point. God can, can lead to difficult things. It can lead to trials, you know, in other parts of the country it can lead to being tortured or put in jail or even death. Right. And we don't want that. Um, but we see, but that's all we can see. And yet God's going, no, follow me in faith because the promise of, you know, having that eternal perspective, death is not the end of this world. Torture is not the end. Whatever is not the end. There's more. There's so, so we're living we're, we're living out to live out your faith or to live the Christian life, right, is a looking back and going, God has been faithful. God is faithful. So I will live looking forward in faith, not seeing the details of how all this is going to work out, but I'm going to be consistent in following him. Hmm. So it's a leap of faith in, in a sense because we don't see the immediate or the, you know, somewhat longer term results but we're still living in faith with good reason. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I
1: think, I think what we want is an individual uh, guarantee. Yeah. And and really what it is, is it's good to see what others have done, what God has done in their lives, even what God has done in our lives. And sometimes we forget about those things too. And uh, you know, that he's, he's still going going to be faithful. He still gives us plenty of reason to jump. Yeah. Um, Just, we just want the individual, here's your jump plan for you. Yeah. Specifically.
0: Yeah. Um, and and, it's gonna, and and we want the guarantee that in this life, in the immediate future, it's going to turn out the way we want it to. And there, God doesn't give that guarantee. yeah but The guarantee is his eternity future. That's why the internal perspective thing is so important. Yeah, I was going to say, it kind of brings us back to that
1: point, yeah. right? That yeah. we need to live with an internal perspective. Yeah. Um, you know, obedience is another important piece, yeah. faith and obedience. And, you know, we're not perfectly obedient. We struggle with that. When is it a uh, cause for an issue? You know... Um, struggling with a sin or whatever it is and, and we continue to walk in that disobedience. Um, is there a point when it, when it's, you know, I don't know, obviously what I'd be perfect. I don't know if I even know the question here, yeah. but, uh, always, but, uh, yeah. yeah, I
0: mean, I mean always it's, uh, I, I mean, I think I know what you're, you're, I don't think you're trying to say it's unimportant ever. Mm-hmm. I think what you're trying to say is, is there seems to be levels of sin and, and, and if lengths will, of it, maybe yeah, and lengths of it. And, you know, if um, I, I think we should take all sin very, very seriously. There are certain kinds of sins that have more significant temporal consequences. Right. Like murder, which is, you know, which is something that I think a lot of Christians or
1: people who, you know, within the church don't like to admit to. No, they, they want to say all sins the same. It's
0: not. It's no. not the same. Stop I mean, saying all, that. It all condemns. For sure. Yeah. Well, you've where where that comes from is this passage in in the book of James where James says, um, you know, if you if you've broken one of the commandments, you've broken all the law. But he's not saying that all the commandments are equal or that all sin is. That's not what he's saying. Mm -hmm. He's saying that breaking any commandment is a is breaking the law of God. Yeah. It's a guilty verdict. It's a guilty verdict. Yeah. But it's not saying that rape and murder are the same as um, I stole a pencil. Yeah. From work or something like that. He's not saying those are the same things. And, and when we, when we're sane in our understanding of things, we go, well, obviously those are not the same things. Right. And there's all kinds of things in between those. Right. And so, yeah. So I think, I think, you know, living the Christian life takes all sins seriously. Does it take some sin more serious or not more serious, but more as more weighty maybe than others? Yes, but all sin, any sin is a sin against God and a sin a, and a breaking of the law of God. And so faith leads us to obedience and we wanna to work to be obedient, not in a legalistic way, because no matter what the law is that has been broken, redemption is available for the person who, who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and, blood's, and, and and Jesus' blood cleanses sin, right? Through his blood, Hebrews nine twenty there is forgiveness of sin. And, and because of that forgiveness, we can experience that no matter what the sin is. And so in that sense, in that sense, all sin can be forgiven. And people talk about the unforgivable sin. We'll talk about that some other time. But um, all sin can be forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. Does that that make sense? Yeah. Did I answer the question? I can't remember what the question was. I think my question
1: was pretty vague anyways. But I think the point of what you're saying is um,
0: get rid of that stuff. You know? Yeah, no matter what it is, you know, if you've, you know, if you are, um, if you did some, and, and there's a difference too, between living in the habit of sin and, and having sinned.
1: Yeah. I was thinking of walking in sin is kind of what I was thinking. If yeah. you're, if you're walking
0: in it, you know, that's yeah. the thing. And the truth is we all have habits and sinful ones at that, right? Yeah. Some well, we don't know. of. Yeah. And some, some we're not aware of. And so it's not that it's not that you never sinned or that you have no habitual sins, but um, but we ought to seriously and passionately um, work to change those things, and to receive the grace of Jesus Christ, and to react to that grace by, by you know, and repent and sin no, sin no more, right? To 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 change our our patterns and our habits, yeah, to walk away from those things. And so, um, and that's the glory and honor of God, and then, and that's and that's the Holy Spirit's work in us. We call that sanctification. Yeah, I, I even really like that you added in there that that
1: it's not because of legalistic reasons or to be better than anybody else. But the reality is, is you want to glorify God and say, this is what's best. And I'm going to submit to you. And I Mm. want, not that I'm better than anybody else, because I'm sure I have other issues that I want you to work on. And I want
0: to be all that you want me to be. Exactly. This side of eternity. Army. Um, Army. Yes. God's army. God's army. be all that you can be. That's a, that's a really old reference. Yeah, to yeah. Really old commercials. yeah. That is true. Yeah, gotta I remember be over that. Like, boy, got to be at least thirty five. Got to be at least yeah, for our age
1: forties. Yeah. So, um, I have a question from one of our listeners, Tom Noble from our church. And he says, "Good morning, gentlemen or gents." He says, "Here's a comment for." This is
0: clearly addressed to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not us.
1: <laughs> not us. Uh, here's a comment or two for the deep dive before I forget. Great passage. I, I've underlined nearly the entire chapter. I appreciate your approach, John. That believing in ourselves is nonsense. That faith in Christ is foundational. From Second Peter one, one and two. I'm always intrigued by John six twenty nine that says God's work uh, is believing in the one who He has sent. So many applications for this. So here's my question to you. As far as, as commands go for Christians, are we looking at believing and obeying the gospel and to loving each other, the brethren? Beyond that, we have many uh, directives in the epistles about the principles of Christian living and those that include being free, not applying uh, your convictions to others, variations in maturity and purpose, etc. In this passage, for instance, you'll be looking into how one adds to faith, goodness, and knowledge. So the question is: Looks like um, are we looking at believing the gospel and uh, loving each other?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, hopefully I understand where he's what he's asking, and I, and I may not. Yeah. Um. So, so I think, yeah, there is an obedience, right? And and I think what there's this tendency in in Christian circles. Um, There's battle, if you will, and it's probably somewhat personality driven or or based on a lot of positions or how we've been raised or different things like that. But, you know, some people really love they they, want to emphasize obedience to the so much so that they lose sight of God's grace. And there's other people that want to emphasize God's grace so much so that they lose sight of obedience. Mm. Right. And so, and, and there's also a lot of people make distinctions, um, and rightly so in, some, in in many cases between the Old Testament living under the law, as a matter of fact, Paul makes this distinction, living under the 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 new covenant, if you will. And so, and so, the, how do we how do we what what is all that stuff, and how does faith relate to obedience and that kind of thing? And I, and I think it's really important to understand. We've kind of been talking about that, but I think it's really important to understand that faith leads to obedience. That that true faith in Jesus Christ leads to obedience, and it produces it in our life. Um, not perfectly until the until Jesus returns and sets up His kingdom, and we have the new heavens and new earth, and then it will be it will be perfectly produced in that the, the obedience side of things. Um, but but, you know, are we, you know, so what, so what do we talk about? So Jesus was asked one time, he says, you know, he was asked, what, what is, what's the most important law, right? And he, and he quotes Deuteronomy um, chapter six and he, and he says, love Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says, the second is like it, which comes out of Leviticus, Leviticus, love your neighbor as yourself. And so I think, I think that's what Tom is kind of talking about and going and going, there's a sense in which those are laws and loving each other; those are the summary of the law. And so, the, our first obedience is to love God, and our second obedience is to love, love, love our, our neighbors and to love others. And so, um, you know, I, I don't think it's a balance issue; it's a fulfillment issue. It's my faith will produce those things in my life. Hmm. Do you think I hit it or not? What do you yeah, think? Yeah,
1: I, the, the question was hard for, for me to understand. But I think what even if you didn't answer the question, I think you did a good job. I like your answer, okay. so it was good. Yeah, actually, maybe I don't know if this is going to confuse you. And I know we're kind of running a little long today. But I, I kind of think of, you know, you think about the whole, you know, we have grace in Christ. Do we rest in that or do we, you know, and we don't want to be legalistic and, and these law try to live according to the law. I kind of think of it as like a trapeze. You know, yeah. Okay. Before, trapeze. Interesting. Be, yeah. This before, should be good. Before the, before Grace came, we we're under the law, mm-hmm. and so we we're trying to perform these things without a net. Oh, sure. Got and you. And basically, as soon as we had a slip up, which we would, it's inevitable, we we're going to fall to our deaths, essentially. Mm-hmm. But now we have this net that protects us. That doesn't mean we don't still strive to do the the uh, acts of the trapeze artist. You know, we right. still get back up there and we still go and we still, but when we fall, we hit the net. Grace is the net. And yeah. we get back up and we try again. We don't just lay on the net. Yeah. All, all of our Christians' lives. We need to be doing these things, but we have the protection of that grace. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think that's that not, pretty that's good. Not, that's not bad, Johnny. All right, not
1: bad. Hey, it's 2020. I'm starting out. You're starting out well. Let's start out well. Any uh, re-
0: uh, resources you recommend, John? Did you come across anything? Uh, I mean, you know, there's tons there's tons of resources about living the Christian life and you can pick up all kinds of different things um, when it comes to, to faith and obedience and, and all those kinds of things. I think if you struggle with some of the, the Calvinism versus Arminianism or, or, or Reformed theology kind of things that, um, that people sometimes struggle with, you know, anything by John Piper that addresses those things would be really, really good. Um, you know, as far as as far as, you know, living out the Christian life, I mean, I don't know. There's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things to that, that we can use. I would say the most important resource is this. Make sure you're spending daily time with Jesus, you know, uh, reading his word in prayer and and living with an eternal perspective. All right, John. So what's the big idea this week? The big idea is this. A life of faith is a life of obedience. Thank you for
1: joining us on the Grace Deep Dive podcast, where we believe in real grace for real living. We'll
0: see you next week.